Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sid, you know what time it is? It's, I mean, nighttime? Summertime. It is summertime. What? It, hold on, wait. Would you like to share what you're quoting summertime. When, you, when you call it summertime with that the intonation? Film. <laughs> the film Grown Ups 2. Yeah, summertime. that's right. Grown Ups 2. The, the, um, that you not really only Higgins. watched, but you're now quoting? Summertime. It's not actually summertime. Uh, I know summertime doesn't start until June, but twentieth. I, I think personally, I think officially, summer should start June first. I think this is all Why? very confusing. I think it should be uh, winter is December, January, December, January, February. Okay. Okay. Spring, March, April, May. Uh huh. Summer, June, July, August. Fall, September, October, November. Well, but it doesn't, it's not like... Don't care. It, I know what you're about to, if you're about to say calendar, some crap follows, about the equinox, I don't want yeah, to hear it. It has to do with the length of days it's and the made sun. Up. And it's the, all made up. It's all solstice, whatever. That's not, what do you mean it's made up? No, that's, summertime. that's objective. That's observable. The summertime. Month, the months are made up. It's hot. It's getting hot, Sid. It is getting hot. I have been in the swimming pool twice this week whoa whoa i gotta get out there get my base just that's kidding. right it's it's in the 80s all week you're gonna get pretty hot if you don't go hop in the pool um and it's important to stay cool right because else you get sweaty and gross and who wants to get sweaty and gross nobody no except our baby apparently because she's sweaty and gross ever since the thermometer crested 60 degrees she's pretty much sweaty all the time she's not sweaty a little bit clammy no, no. it's just sugar is it sugar? Okay. <laughs> you know who didn't like getting sweaty? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. People in Tudor, England. Oh, really? <laughs> no, they hated it. People at Tudor's Biscuit no. World. Well, hate no. getting sweaty. You have to get sweaty if you eat at Tudor's Biscuit World because you're eating lard biscuits, and mm. that makes you like your heart is working so hard <laughs> pumping against all that lard that fire. you're you're gonna get sweaty. You're playing with fire, playing with your own life and health. Tudor's Biscuit World is a is a biscuit shop. A local biscuit chain. A local biscuit shop here in West Virginia. And sweat plays a big role in it, apparently. No, I think they do make their biscuits with lard, though. That's awesome. That's delicious. So what's the sweating? Like, what, 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 why, 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 all the talk, why all the sweat talk, Sid? <laughs> well, I thought we should, for, to, for this episode, I thought it would be interesting if we learned about sweating sickness. I've never in my entire life heard of that. That's because sweating sickness has not been around probably since like 1551. 
we cured it. Congratulations, well- <laughs> everybody. We vac- We found the cure. We beat it. What was the cure? <sighs> Deodorant. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I know nothing about this thing. I'm just pulling it out of my hiney. Um, no, the sweating sickness is something that I actually didn't know a whole lot about because it's not, it's not a thing now. Um, but we've had several listeners who've suggested it, uh, kind of over the past year now. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make all of you happy. So thank you, Chris, Chelsea, Melanie, Sheila, and Kate. Thank you for suggesting this. If you want to suggest a a show topic, by the way, you can, uh, send that to sawbones at maximumfun.org. You can send them on Twitter, but that's, uh, am I correct? I'm assuming that's like not, sometimes they get lost in the shuffle. They do. They do. And I check the email and I can, I can search for things. I keep like a list and I search for things that I think will make good topics um, so that I can remember who to thank. And as Kate will attest to, I think emailed us in like March of 2014, like eventually we'll get to your, to your topic. We got so. you, Kate. We hope you're still listening. <laughs> I hope you're not mad Screw that we never, show. we never did the talk because we're doing it now. We're There's just a now. lot of good stuff to do. So sweating sickness mm-hmm. also called english sweating sickness is that like a what was the disease that everybody had a different nationality for remember like oh, the uh, um the turks called it german the fever. german disease and the french Maybe disease syphilis? Was, it syphilis? was it syphilis i feel like it was an std anyway it may have been syphilis someone i think it was someone will let us know but no the this one this one was called the english sweating sickness because for a while it only appeared to affect english people it was only in England initially, and mm-hmm. so it was called the English sweating sickness. It was also referred to as Sudor Anglicus, hmm. which just means the English sweat. <laughs> so you got that, the, that you got the my, English sweat. That was my favorite uh, Morrissey derivative band in the mid-'80s, the English sweat. They only had that one uh, big hit, but uh, it, it, it really it was the song of a generation. Can I just say that if there isn't a band called, called the, the English, English sweat, sweat... It's like a real... I'm like freaking out about what a good band name that is. You should get it right now. If yeah. you are a band and you don't have a name yeah. and you're in England... The English sweat. You've, it's really good. You're welcome. You owe us money. We just gave yeah. it to you. you. But you're welcome. So, there were a series of epidemics of sweating sickness. They actually uh, started in 1485, um, and and as I said, they started in England, and they spread. Um, they eventually would spread to other parts of Europe and then disappear completely by 1551. Uh, the disease, which we read about and was known as the sweating sickness, was very deadly, very rapid, and very sudden. So it, it was often said that you would. Um, be merry at dinner and or merry at merry at drinks and dead by dinner or, hmm. or some maybe that was reversed anyway maybe it, that's <laughs> my tagline for the clue movie <laughs> it's definitely one of those two merry at drinks and dead by dinner like that's a that would be a really good name for soundtrack by the english sweat <laughs> clue the movie <laughs> why clue the movie because merry drinks and dead by dinner it's like a dinner party clue okay well the we movie. i'm tming that too yeah tm it all Okay, so anyway, so you got this sweating sickness. Um, it spread throughout a population pretty quickly. About two weeks, it was burnt out, meaning that the it had stopped spreading. It's kind of an expression. It has burned itself out because mm-hmm. it spread so quickly. Um, people That's couldn't, it. That was its its problem, right? Yeah, you you couldn't give it to enough people before you died. Um, and it and it killed a lot of people very quickly. Lesson to all you diseases out there: you got to take your time. Don't rush it. It'll burn yeah. out. 
No, the the hallmark of a good plague, you gotta it's gotta take a little longer for you to mm-hmm. develop symptoms. The best thing if you're a if you're a virus or a bacteria out there and you're listening and you want advice on how to spread to people. Thanks for it. tuning in, by the way. Wow, what an honor. <laughs> um, I would I would advise that you uh, be communicable before you're symptomatic. It's mm. a great idea. Great move. Cool really pro sneaky. Tip for you. Really sneaky. So I bet you could guess one symptom of sweating sickness. Sweating. Good job. Woo. That's a gimme. Yeah. Um, so yes, sweating sickness was named for the horrible, horrible sweats you got, but that wasn't the first symptom. So let's talk about, uh, before we, we kind of track the, the plague throughout history, let's talk about um, the symptoms. Okay. The, uh, and a lot of this comes from the description, and we'll talk about this guy a little bit later, a Dr. John Caius, who wrote about the epidemic, the last one that we know of in 1551, and gives us like the best description. That, that we have of it. This is why we know so much about it. So first, you get a sense of a- apprehension. So just a note to those of you who may be feeling a little anxious, you get a sense of apprehension. It may be nothing. Or it may be the return of a five centuries long dead virus that has uh, returned to plague humanity and you are patient zero. So it could be one of those two. So good luck with that. Sleep tight. Uh, then you get shivers really really hard like shivers like probably what we would call today rigors like you shake uncontrollably mm-hmm. um i had that once remember that one night i had those i remember rigors and it was it was nothing in the end but it was really that was really unpleasant because then i got it like a month later yeah that's see that's see look at that that's the secret disease you gotta take your time i got it and i thought i was getting the flu and we'd already had charlie and i was i was a disaster I was you made so me go to walgreens out. Uh, in the middle of the night to go get uh, uh, masks. Yes, and I wore a mask the whole time I was taking care. I was so worried. I was hand sanitizer, and anyway, it went away the next day. I don't know. Anyway. I didn't have sweating sickness. It definitely wasn't that. <laughs> um, after you get the shivers, you get giddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like a, a brief respite, I guess. Because then you're going to get a headache, and you're going to get pain in your neck and your shoulders and your limbs, and then you just get really exhausted. And this would be the the cold phase. And this would last like three or four hours. After that is when the, the sweating part of sweating sickness would, would set in. So you would just start like getting really hot and sweating uncontrollably. You would start to become a little confused, delirious. You'd get chest pain. Your heart would start beating abnormally and you could feel it. You get what we call palpitations, which just means you like you're aware of your heart beating. You can feel it beating really fast and hard. Um, you'd become intensely thirsty Mm-hmm. And this would go on for a few more hours. And then you would just get really exhausted all over again and want to go to sleep or or die is what generally happened. Once you fell asleep, you would die. Okay. Listen, if you are the one in charge of naming a disease, you definitely want to highlight the most important thing about it. In this case, I'm not sure the sweating is like <laughs> the big deal. Maybe next time this comes around, maybe call it super fast death disease. Like <laughs> that might be a more accurate. Like so, maybe people would take the proper precautions in dealing with it rather than like a sweating sickness. That doesn't. Oh, you're dead in 24 hours. Excellent. That that's definitely something I want to avoid. That's that's <laughs> your hook. Right there, day like, does day death disease. It's like it's like Freddy Krueger though. You don't you can't fall asleep. 
Right, but you can't you die. Right, but the sweat. I mean, call it Freddy Krueger disease. I know that's that what I'm would, saying. It could be like Freddy Krueger disease. Yeah, I'm into that Elm Street disorder. Like whatever. <laughs> Just don't, like sweating sickness doesn't communicate the the import of what is you were you were experiencing. No, instead of the 24 hour flu, you had like the 24 hour death. Yeah, yeah. And this you these outbreaks usually occurred in the summer. That's what the the all the different ones we'll talk about were mainly in the summer. Um, and they seem to strike uh, people that n- don't normally fall ill in epidemics. So young men, um, especially like people who were well to do, wealthy people, a lot of royalty. Um, and then and one and one account mentioned the drunk poor also get it. Hmm. Okay. So if you're not rich, just don't get drunk. Because then you may be in trouble. Yeah. Um, once you got it, you weren't immune, so you could get it again. Great. And awesome. Since a lot of people died of it, if you got it a second time, that was, I mean, odds were that was probably it for you. Rough. So let's talk about, so this was the sweating sickness. And like I said, it started in 1485. And I just want to kind of walk you through the different epidemics because there weren't that many. So I can tell you about all of them. Great. The first one started uh, right at the end of the War of the Roses. I've had to read a lot about like... That'd be Tudor England. That, that would <laughs> to be, what would we be talking there, like fourteen eighty five ish? Yeah, I the, I just said that, but <laughs> I wanted to impress you. <laughs> For what it's worth, I read it off the screen. So, oh okay. I was trying so to you be, just weren't listening. I was just to trying me. to be sneaky. You just you just like bat, you didn't like nega Sorry, impress me. You were saying. Oh, you were saying. Okay. Sorry, go on. You and were saying. By War of the dear. Roses, I mean like the actual War of the Roses, not that really great movie. Do you remember that great movie, War of the Roses? There's a lot of diversions in this episode. <laughs> I'm realizing I like that, that movie. Great. It freaked me out when I was a kid. Next up, a married on, couple and they're like killing each other. Next up on Sydney's movie reviews, <laughs> it's War of the Roses. Um, Burn on a wire coming up after the break. <laughs> Stand stick around at the end of the I'm show. Just, we've got Romancing the Stone. I'm just what, I'm 20 years behind and more, a, maybe? Yeah, you'll catch up. In the, uh, the, in the Battle of Bostworth, which was the, the first battle where we start to see this disease, men were affected. And this actually caused Lord Stanley, who was part of King Richard III's side. Mm-hmm. He, so he was, he was working for his side. And he actually had his troops... Um, retreat because they were also sick with the sweating sickness but in part it was an excuse that he used because actually after he did that he um betrayed the king and joined henry tudor henry the seventh later and then the coup went on to be successful and henry became king oh good figure yeah um but he used he used sweating sickness to do that well i always think it's cool when disease affects history yeah um Henry's army then uh, marched triumphantly to London, carrying the um, the sweating sickness with them. It really hit in September of that year. And by the end of October, it had burned itself out. That was it. September, October, done. And several thousand people were dead. Way too fast. And, and because I guess at the time we kept better track of rich people who died than poor people... I know this fact that two Lord Mayors died, six aldermen, and three sheriffs. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, you, you got to keep the important statistics. A disease really sets itself apart by how many prominent figures in society it kills. <laughs> this sounds like something that would be on like a really crappy high school test. How many aldermen died in the 1485 epidemic? Anybody can kill a bunch sickness. of hobos. Any disease can kill a bunch of hobos. <laughs> Being cambotulism kills a, a lot of hobos. That's nothing. <laughs> 
you you want to you got you want somebody in the position of power. That's that's something you can that's a that's a notch you can carve on your on your bedpost. And it took down quite a few people. Um, it it only spread as far as Ireland, and then it disappears. And we don't hear anything about it mm-hmm. again until 1502. So in 1502, the sweating sickness returns, and this time, dun, dun, dun. yeah, accompanied by that music, yeah. always. And a sneaky, it has like a sneaky cloak, like a snidely whiplash kind of like dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> well, that's different music. I don't know what music it has. All right, I'm still workshopping. Well, it. think about it. it's probably written by the hot that hot band the english sweat it's gotta be an english sweat tune um so it comes back and this time it it hits somebody pretty important arthur prince of wales who was the older brother of henry the eighth oh so think about that now henry the eighth he got married to the widow next door and she'd been (laughs) married seven times before so that one so he's henry the eighth yeah henry the eighth he is he is i get it i get it Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, but I mean, think about that. So he should have been king, right? Whoa, you're right. Look at look at you sweating sickness. You know, you you burned out pretty quick, but you had a major impact. Do you know who uh, Arthur was married to? Um, I don't. You're gonna look ahead, and you're gonna just say it because uh, it's written there. Wait, on that sheet you of know paper. what? Let me think about it. Was it was it Catherine of Aragon? I seen uh, Catherine or. Christine of Aragon. It there was, was one of the I don't two. think there was a Christine of. It's definitely, you're right. I think it was yeah. Catherine of Aragon. Yes. So Arthur, Prince of Wales, was married to Catherine of Aragon. Now there are there are probably like history buffs and historians and stuff out there right now who are like, we all know this. This is so stupid. I didn't right. know any of this. So this is new to me. So he was married to Catherine of Aragon. Uh, so she also got the sweating sickness, but she lived. Arthur died. Catherine married Henry VIII. Okay. So, I, I guess, was that normal, maybe? Apparently. I, I mean, I don't know. Everything was kind of weird back then. Weird and gross. So, she married his brother, Henry VIII. And then, of course, Henry VIII. If anything ever happens to me, I want you to marry Travis. Nope. Okay. Griffin? No. I'm not going to marry your brothers. Okay. Well, think about it. Don't one, rush to judgment. One, um, they're kind of already married. Technically, and yeah. two, I mean, they're your brothers. It's weird, That's weird, and they're not as cool as me, I guess. Well, I mean, obviously that part too. That's the most important thing. Okay, but I'm like, sorry to keep interrupting. Also, like your brothers. Gross. That's yeah. just gross. That's weird. That's they're like my brothers. Anyway, so she and I mean, you. I think we all know this. Maybe we do. I don't know. I kind of knew this. Maybe not all the names and dates, but kind of knew this. So he was married to Catherine. Catherine bore him a daughter, but no sons. And he didn't like this because then the throne would go to a woman and there was really no precedent, a good precedent for that at the Mm -hmm. time. And that made him nervous. And so he was, I guess, already this kind of guy anyway, but he was looking around for maybe somebody else. And Mm -hmm. of course, then fell in love with Anne Boleyn. Exactly. Yeah. And he wanted to divorce Catherine, but of course he couldn't because they were Catholic so he created the Church of England. <laughs> so Sweating could, sickness. So Look at Catherine. you. Look at you, you you butterfly effect little disease. Just flapping your wings and causing typhoons <laughs> all over. Look at you. That, that's what I wondered. Like, do you think if there wasn't sweating sickness or if <sighs> Arthur had not gotten it, do you think we'd have a Church of England? It might. Maybe it would be called something else. Dave's Church. Do you, 
Who's Dave and why did he make the Church of England? I don't know, Sydney. I'm not a soothsayer. See, sweating sickness existed. The English sweat existed. And so we have, you know, we live in this reality. I think that it's fair to say that at some point there would have been somebody in England who wanted to divorce somebody else and would have started the Church of England in order to do it. Any other big outbreaks? Uh, There were a couple outbreaks in 1507 and 1517, a little bit smaller, but they did hit Oxford and Cambridge and and killed a lot of uh, students there. Um, But then it kind of it was quiet for a little while. Oh, good. Excellent. Tell me about that. Well, come back. Had to make a comeback, right? It does make a big comeback. But before we talk about its comeback, why don't you follow me to the billing department? Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase 
of a website or domain. So we had um, we, we had a kind of a lull last I remember, and then things uh, were about to pick back up, I'm afraid. That's right. There, we get a really, 1528, we get a really huge epidemic of um, sleeping sickness that finally breaks free from England and spreads to other places throughout Europe. So um, as, as it starts ravaging Europe, and I'll talk about all the different places it went, um, I think one interesting point is now Henry VIII is, is the ruler. And it hits London pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And he is freaked out. He was actually uh, famously kind of obsessed with sleeping sickness. Mm-hmm. He was really Sweating. scared. Or sleeping. Yeah, thank you. Sweating sickness. Um, that he, would be more accurate, by the way. That, That's yes. more terrifying than sweating. It is sweating. pretty terrifying. We've never talked about sleeping sickness. That'll have to be another. But, but sleeping sickness is pretty terrifying. Um, so, no, sweating sickness. Henry VIII was kind of obsessed with it terrified he would get it um he he had a lot of different like his own like concoctions like different um medicines he made for himself and like poultices and things he would tell people like do this and you'll definitely not get sweating sickness (laughs) but um when it hit london it's a fun dinner party (laughs) to go to his plan to to not get it was just to run keep moving stay on the move it can't catch you (laughs) So he takes it's off like from the London. Hulk. <laughs> He's just going from town to town, just country to country, just running with from his sweating. Thumb outstretched, always one step ahead. He does. He's <laughs> in like a different seconds. house every other day. I mean, he really. <laughs> he really on to the takes next off. Town. He sees one person get overly sweaty. He's like, "Well, I'm sorry." I'm sorry, friends that I've made here. I'm moving on. <laughs> and this is really triggered. His first move was actually triggered because, you know, the sweating sickness hit London. And he's he's married to Anne Boleyn at this point. And Anne Boleyn's, uh, one of her handmaidens, falls ill with sweating sickness. And so he takes off, leaving her behind. Cool. Not the handmaiden. I mean, obviously the handmaiden. But leaving Anne Boleyn behind. Uh, listen, Annie, you're looking a little sweaty. Uh, Papa's got to head on down that lonesome highway, and I will catch you on the flip-flop. <laughs> her father ends up getting it as well, and then finally she also becomes ill with sweating mm. sickness. So Anne Boleyn had sweating sickness. So there are actually a lot of, I guess, that there are, you can you can read a lot of the love letters written back and forth between Henry and Anne, if you're interested in that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I stumbled on those as I was researching this. And there are some about the illness, you know, him writing her and being like, oh, my love, gosh, I hope you get better. Also, um, please don't come where this, like, don't follow the address. <laughs> don't don't come visit me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have moved on by then, and I really don't want to see you until you're better. That's a cool game. Sorry. Um, and her letters, though, are all like, I just hope I live so that I can continue to serve you, my lord. I love you. Yeah. Um, but when she is ill, you can tell that he loves her. <laughs> because while he does not go to her or send her to him, he does send his second best doctor. Oh, nice. Second best to care for her. Do you know what that doctor's name was? I do not. Dr. William Butts. Oh, no. <laughs> so Dr. Butts. Oh, no. <laughs> is sent on a mission to save Anne Boleyn from sweating sickness. This is real life. This is not This is not like a TV show that you're watching on the BBC, although it probably is on a TV show on yeah, the BBC. That's... But, but no, this, is really, this was really what happened. Poor Dr. Butts. But he saved her. She lived. Oh, good oh, job, I, Dr. She probably Butts. just lived. He yeah. probably didn't do anything. But she lived. 
And um, he forever after was in their favor and got lots of probably money and presents and, and prestige from it. Um, but this epidemic spread all over Europe. So we see cases in Germany, Switzerland, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Lithuania, Poland, Russia. All of these outbreaks last about two weeks, but all in all, it carries on for about a year before it goes away. And everybody hoped that was the end of it, but it wasn't. But no. Because as we referenced, the very last outbreak was in 1551. Um, this one, again, is, is mainly just in England. Dr. John Caius, who I already mentioned, was a famous doctor of the time. And he wrote a very, like I said, a very thorough account of what the sweating sickness was like. That's what most people read today, his, his kind of account of it. Um, and he treated a lot of people for it, uh, not successfully, but he did, including a lot of royalty, and became very famous for it. What was his advice? So his advice, first of all, here, here are his thoughts on what causes sweating sickness. Maybe he does say infection. Okay, good job. Yeah. He also says maybe an impurity of the spirit. Ah, see, you lost me. Probably brought on by overeating. Oh, no. Especially meat or bad meat. <laughs> Or rotten it's one fruit. Of the two. <laughs> Either meat or bad meat or rotten fruit, which I mean, to be fair, like it is a bad idea to eat bad meat or rotten fruit. Yeah, he was kind of he was kind of uh, um, no, no pun intended picking some low hanging fruit there. I mean, you probably shouldn't eat bad <laughs> don't meat. Don't eat bad meat. Don't eat bad meat. It's got bad right in the name, old timey <laughs> people. <laughs> maybe just don't eat meat because we're not very good at telling if it's bad or not yeah, yet we have no <laughs> so clue we, we don't know so you just don't eat meat um but he thought it would cause an excess of humors so so don't don't eat will. those things uh you could also get it maybe from evil mists possibly evil mists maybe damp ground mm, yeah well the evil mists rise up within damp ground so that's sort of well, part they, and partial. obviously obviously or maybe just the climate in england bad break <laughs> just sorry that's why only that's why it was mainly contained to england it's just the climate there the, the damp so how can i mists. how can i avoid getting it uh so you can avoid it by eating fresh fruit and lots of fish um, especially there was a lot he talked about catching fish, about like going and getting fish and eating them. That was important. Just like fishing. <laughs> uh, wear, for you. wear clean, sweet smelling clothes. Mm -hmm. uh, get out in the fresh air. Sure. Exercise is important. So specifically exercises that might help you are hunting, hawking, I guess like. Hawksmanship. Ha <laughs> Falconry. Is that the same thing? Do they yeah. do that with hawks? I would think, yeah. That sounds They're terrifying. They're just bad at it. They're terrible at it. You train them, they leave once, they never come back. No one, no, hawking is terrible. So if you don't, if you're not a fan of hawking, perhaps tennis. That was his other recommendation. I would go just for tennis. tennis. It's so much easier to find rackets than spare hawks. He also just has a lot of advice about how everybody is kind of, um, he thinks everybody's kind of weak now. Everybody's kind of a wimp. And he just, he kind of says like, be a tough man and you won't get it. Like, just be a big burly be a fella. Guy. He talks about how men today are all like women, which is pretty offensive all around for everybody. Yeah, everybody loses in that one. Um, you could treat it. So if you, could, if you didn't avoid it, let's say you didn't wear sweet smelling clothes and you're not into hawking or tennis. Uh, you can treat it by um, letting your body sweat it out. So... So just encourage the sweats. You're already going to sweat. Make them worse. And he recommended a few herbs for that. Tansy, feverfew, or wormwood. He also recommended that you get some gentle rubbing from whoever, I guess. 
and does PS, your rubbing. PS probably <laughs> just keep all these things on hand because again, pretty fast acting, a, a pretty fast acting disease. Maybe keep some jars of these lying around the house. Yeah, you probably don't have time to go pick these. If you don't already have a, a, a professional rubber, <laughs> you should probably look into that <laughs> right now. Hire a rubber to hang around with you. Um, drink warm drinks. That's to encourage the sweating. And it also advises that if you are caring for somebody with sweating sickness, that you should pull their ears or nose if they try to fall asleep in order to keep them awake. Push through, yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the dying. Um, also, if they do make it 24 hours, then they're probably out of the woods. Woo. Um, you're you're going to feel lousy, by the way, for like another week or two, but you're probably not going to die. Uh, then at that point, he says you can put on clothes. I guess they've been naked the whole time. This whole time they've been naked. I've been picturing this. I'm picturing anybody naked. Naked tennis? Are you sure? I missed that. that naked, naked hawking? Are you crazy? <laughs> That's um, not a mouse. Crazy hawk. <laughs> it was good, honey. Makes sense. I like that hawking joke. Thanks. This is my best hawking joke I have. <laughs> I have so many, but I had to narrow it down to one. That's Justin's next book. A collection of hawking jokes. Um, but they can't go out for two days. So you can put on clothes, but you can't go out for two days. Uh, and for good measure, he, he tacks on to the end of this that if your disease, if your version, your strain of sweating mm-hmm. sickness is caused by the supernatural, then nothing he says is going to be helpful. So okay. sorry. Excellent. Um, after this, that's really the end of sweating sickness. So it Yay. burns itself out in about a year. There was something in 1718 that happened in France that was called the Picardy sweat, which we now theorize maybe was the same kind of thing, but it was a little different. So that probably wasn't. Okay. So, Sydney, what, what was it? Like, what was actually causing this? So we're still not sure, but we had some ideas. Um, we thought maybe it was some sort of illness that was spread by crowding and sanitation, probably because it first started during War, wartime. Wartime, right. Right. Um, we have theorized that maybe it was relapsing fever, which is a bacterial infection that's spread by ticks. But they probably should have had a rash or a tick bite, like a like a black mark. Anyway, it, it didn't quite fit. Some people have thought about anthrax, like it, like that you inhale. Um, but the most likely theory at this point we have is a uh, hantavirus, which is a virus that. Um, the most famous outbreak was in uh, in the United States back in the 90s. There was an outbreak in like the Four Corners area, mm-hmm. the four states. It was almost called the Four Corners virus, but they thought that would kill tourism. <laughs> so that's why it wasn't. Correct. Yeah, that's why it wasn't called that. So it's hantavirus. Um, but uh, it's a little tricky because hanta doesn't usually spread from human to human. And this, we think, pretty much did. Um but the theory to that, this is pretty interesting why this may have been hantavirus, because the symptoms are pretty similar, is that hanta is spread by, it was spread by mouse droppings, like, especially if, like, you were in a house where the m- mice had been and they pooped and you swept the floors mm. and it, like, made the poop and dust and everything kind of go up in the air and you inhaled it and then you would get this hantavirus, which caused a bunch of respiratory problems, and then you would die. Um, they thought that in these big houses like these big, rich manor houses that these, you know, royalty would have lived in. There were a lot of uh, servants who were sweeping a lot of floors. There was a lot of food sitting around and probably a lot of mice. So that was one theory as to why maybe maybe mm. it was the same thing. Um, at this point, that's our best guess. Um, but, uh, and then and there was even a thought at some point, like maybe we should go dig up some really, really old corpses. 
and try to test him for nah, hantavirus. You know what? Let's not. How about we just don't? But That's that, another option. That seemed kind of silly because as, as for now, I don't think you need to, no matter how apprehensive you're feeling right now, I wouldn't worry too much about sweating sickness. I uh, want to say a big thank you to uh, the Maximum Fun Network for having us on. They've got a ton of great shows you can go listen to at MaximumFun.org. The Goose Down, Lady to Lady. I've been getting into more Judge John Hodgman. I've always been a fan, but I've really been uh, listening to a lot of that lately. Um, I just listened to this one called My Brother, My Brother and Me oh, for the man. first time. Hachi Machi. Um, that oldest brother sounds pretty cute. Oh, man. Hey, uh... Do you like sawbones? Do you like? Uh, I hope so. You're listening. Clothing What's wrong with your you? shirt, <laughs> clothing your clothing your torso. Well, good news. We have a brand new uh, sawbones t-shirt available at maxfunstore.com. And um, uh, please it, go check it out because it's super cool. Uh-huh. And it was designed by my sister Taylor Smurl. So please go buy one of those. Uh, also follow Taylor. She's uh, at Taylor underscore Smurl. I think mm-hmm. there's an underscore in there. I'm pretty yes. sure. Um, and uh, check out some of more of her art. She's a super uh, talented artist. TaylorSmurl.tumblr.com. And that's T-E-Y-L-O-R Smurl, S-M-I-R-L, dot Tumblr.com to see some more of her work. She's crazy talented. It's a really fun shirt. It's kind of got like a tattoo biker vibe. Uh, but I think it's it's really sweet. Uh, and you can get that again at maxfunstore.com. If you already got one, send us some pictures on Twitter. or uh, uh, We're at Sawbones on Twitter. Uh, send us those so we can retweet them because uh, we'd love to see that. Uh, there's more merch on there for uh, uh, all the Max Fun shows. Uh, also, we're uh, hitting the road in September, Sid. Uh, yes, we are. We're going to be headed to Portland, Vancouver, and Seattle. Now, our uh, Portland show is already sold out, but there's still tickets available for Vancouver and Seattle. Uh, you can get those at bit.ly forward slash van, M-B-M-B-A-M, for the Vancouver show, because we're going to be there with my brother, my brother, and me. Or you can go to bit.ly forward slash M-B-M-B-A-M, Seattle. And uh, tickets are like 20 bucks, I think 20 25 bucks. And it's actually in the end of August, not September. Sorry, dear, you're right. The end of August. Uh, but those are going to be really fun. If you're going to be out for PAX... In Seattle, uh, we're we're doing a show the Saturday night of PAX, so go buy tickets for that, because um, we'd love to see you out there. And uh, thanks to Taxpayers for letting us use their song, Medicines. Uh, you can find them on Twitter, at the Taxpayers. That's going to do it for us until next Wednesday. We have another uh, medical topic to delve into. I'm Justin McRoy. I'm Sydney McRoy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.